Well, good morning, everybody. It is good to be here with you this morning. My name is Cole. I'm on staff here at the church. If this is your first time with us, I want to welcome you first of all, but I would also love to greet you out in the lobby after the service. And so if you'll make your way to me there, I would love to get to know a little bit about you and share a little bit about myself as well and how we might be of best service to you and potentially even your family as you uh, join us here for worship. Uh, But there is no doubt about that certainly this has been a very, very difficult week, that uh, lots of energy and emotion have been expended by each and every one of us as we join Pastor Ricky and his family in their grieving. And so I just want to start by saying thank you to each and every one of you. Thank you so much for all that you have done to support Pastor Ricky and his family in this time, whether it be through Uh, texts or emails or sending them cards or serving here at the Celebration of Life or attending the Celebration of Life and showing your support or uh, if you cooked meals for the family, thank you, truly thank you so much for all that you have done. We can see how God moves in the actions of each and every one of you this week. So thank you so much. And also to our uh, staff and leadership here at the church, I also want to say thank you to you as well because not only did the staff pull together for what was a very difficult and challenging week, but they're also committed to it moving forward. Uh, as we move forward with our church, we appreciate all the calls and texts and the support that you have uh, given to each of us. We're going to need them as we continue to move forward and allow Pastor Ricky some time to heal and to grieve. And so we're grateful that he is afforded this time. Uh, I got to speak with him a little bit after everything on Thursday, and he just wanted me to let you know that he sends his love to each and every one of you and that he also asks for your continued prayers and support. Uh, Psalm 34, 18 says that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and that he rescues those whose spirits are crushed. And that is what we believe in this time for Pastor Ricky is that while he has time to rest and heal, the Lord will minister to him in ways that only Pastor Ricky knows he needs. Um, And so we ask for your continued prayers in that process. Uh, But today I wanted to share something with you that has been on my heart now for about a month. And it comes from one of those moments that just seems very, very insignificant at the time. And then out of nowhere, all of these things that go on in your life start connecting to it. And all of a sudden you go, wow, this is bigger than I ever thought it was going to be. And it, it comes from a few weeks ago. I was texting with a family member and I was just sharing my, at some point in the conversation, I was just sharing my love for this person saying thank you so much for all that you've done for me and how you've been a part of my life and uh, they sent back a text saying that they were so grateful that God had placed them in my life and given them the opportunity to to be with me but they ended it by saying in spite of all the mistakes that I've made and uh I wrote back a simple message, and it's one of those moments where you probably have experienced this, where you're just writing something, or you're speaking to somebody else, and you're like, this isn't coming from me right now. This is coming from God. And uh, so I just sent back a simple text that said, none of us get out of here without scars. I love you. None of us get out of here without scars. I love you. 
And so I've been sitting with this text now for about a month that uh, what do I mean when I say none of us get out of here without scars? Well, for some of us, we carry physical scars of wounds that we've sustained in our life where maybe we've struggled with our uh, body image or something like that and that's left us with visible scars or a freak accident that causes us daily pain and we have a scar that constantly reminds us of that or scars that tell a story of a long drawn out battle we might have had with an acute or chronic illness or disease. And some of us, they're not physical. For some of us, they're emotional scars uh, that we sustained or that, from wounds that we sustained as a child. Uh, from a parent or a loved one, or in close relationships, whether it be a marriage or friendship or family uh, relationships. Some of us have tried to say that there, or know that the scars that we have, we could have avoided if we just hadn't made a, made a mistake or misstepped at some point in our life. And some of us know that there is absolutely nothing that we could have done to avoid the scar that we had. We have no control over what happened to us. And so the longer I live, the more I'm reassured that this is one of the most true statements that we can make about the world, that each and every one of us has been wounded at some point, and none of us get out of here without scars. And two weeks ago, I had the privilege of taking eight high school students with some other leaders out to East Bank, West Virginia, and uh, we were there for a mission trip. And so that, that the way mission trips go, at least the ones I've been on, you wake up in the morning already sweaty, and so then you go out to your work site and you get more sweaty, and then you go to Dairy Queen because of all the sweat that you've experienced all day, and then you get back and you finally get the chance to take a shower. And then by the time you get back to your room, you're all sweaty again because the AC is so bad, if you have any at all. And so it's a week where you're just drenched in sweat, but at the same time, every night without fail, uh, we spent time with about 400 high schoolers and their leaders uh, worshiping God in this small gymnasium of East Bank Middle School. And uh, they share a message, and then at the end, you break out into small groups in your youth group. And uh, we'd been praying all week that at some point this group that we brought would just all bond together. They're not necessarily, I mean, they're all friendly with each other, but they're not necessarily their own group. And so typically on trips like this, that's what will happen. Uh, But we've been praying for that. We hadn't experienced it. And then finally Thursday came, and Thursday was a good day for us. We uh, were experiencing the worship that we had, the message that we had, and afterwards, they told us to spread out in our youth groups all over the gymnasium floor, and uh, we were supposed to share our stories, and not the church-friendly story, and not the story that keeps all of our scars covered, but the one that's our true story, what we're actually dealing with in our life and how God may be in that all. And I have to be honest with you, I didn't have high expectations for our group based off of how the week had been going. But then out of nowhere, our kids opened up in some of the deepest ways possible. And uh, they started sharing about pain that they'd experienced, whether it be in their families or uh, some image issues that they dealt with or uh, uh, mental health struggles that they had had in their life or deep loss that they had been carrying for Uh, many, many years. And not only could you hear it in our group, but you could hear it in each and every one of these groups that was spread out across the gym. And so as the night went on, our students were like, 
man, this is incredible. We, we were so worried about sharing our story with each other. We didn't know what our peers were gonna think about us. We didn't know what you were gonna think about us. And we didn't even know if it was okay to feel this way as a person of faith. And so it was just a really beautiful moment where we got to reassure them that it is okay. None of us get out of here without scars. God is faithful in these moments where we have doubt or we have pain. And so we bring them to him. And it's also okay to bring it to us because only when we know can we reassure you that Jesus is close to the brokenhearted. And there's a story in scripture that shares this very same sentiment. So if you'll turn with me in your Bibles to John 20, uh, we are going to read uh, verses 24 through 29. It's a very familiar story. I'm sure you will uh, know it as soon as we begin. John 20, starting in verse 24. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the 12, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord, but he said, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach, your hand, reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you've seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. And so Thomas the disciple who goes down in history for his doubts really gets a bad rap here. The one who had raised people from the dead had now been crucified. He's never seen anyone come back to life like that. In fact, there have been many who come before Jesus falsely claiming to be the Messiah only to die and have their movement fizzle out. So Thomas, with his normal, everyday human brain says, I'll believe it when I see it and when I touch his scars. Thomas says, I won't fall for this again. If you really are the Messiah, if you really are who you say you are, if you really are raised from the dead, then show me that my pain was real. Show me that my grief wasn't in vain. I need to make sure that you are who you say you are. Once I know it's you, I truly will believe. And one week later, Jesus shows up on the scene and he doesn't turn to Thomas and say, you fool. You had your chance. You blew it. You're out of the group. Get out of here. No, he says, you need proof? Come close. Look at these scars. Your pain was real. Your grief was real. And Thomas says, my Lord and my God. And the longer I live, the more I'm reassured that this is one of the most true statements we can make about the world. We've all been wounded at some point, and none of us get out of here without scars. Not Thomas, who's renamed Doubting Thomas for his scar, and not Jesus, who bears the scars of Calvary. One of my other favorite stories in the Gospels Jesus calls Matthew a tax collector to be one of his disciples. And Matthew, a tax collector, carries his own wound. He's both Jewish, but he also works for Rome. And so it, be, it benefits him to be ruthless with his own people, to inflate taxes above what Rome has asked so that he can skim it off the top and become wealthy. He is both victim of Rome's tactics and oppressor of his own people. That's a complicated wound to walk around with. 
But Jesus calls him to follow him and to start to begin to heal this wound that he carries. And Matthew does this strange thing where he throws a party to all, with all of his friends and Jesus is invited. It's like he wants to indulge one more time in this life that he used to live before he turns it over to Jesus. And maybe what's even more strange is that Jesus goes to the party. And some of the most dedicated religious people of the time, they call Jesus out on this. They say, how on earth can you be the Messiah if you spend your time with these wounded tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus spins around at the table and says two things. He says, it's not those who are well that need a doctor, but the sick who need a physician. And he quotes the prophet Hosea and says, learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Said another way, Jesus says, it's those that are wounded that I've come to heal. And my desire is that we focus on being merciful towards each other because we've all been wounded and none of us get out of here without scars. And so I'm sitting there, sweaty, in this East Bank Middle School gymnasium on the floor in a circle with all of these kids hand in hand and I'm leading them in a prayer to God that in the midst of all the wounds and scars that they've experienced that what they need in this moment most is to go before Jesus and receive mercy and healing and at the very same time I'm in the middle of this prayer I can't shake the feeling that the phone ringing endlessly in my pocket is not the update I'm looking for but is the news of an unimaginable wound that just struck Pastor Ricky and his family. And all I can manage to say to God upon this news is, you had better be with them and you better not leave them now. And I think we've all shared in that same pain this week. And it is way too soon to know how this wound will affect them moving forward. But I do know the prayer that I'm holding fast to and what I know is true about the God we serve is that when we bring our wounds before Jesus and ask him if our pain is real and if he's with us in the midst of the hurt and the ache and the grief that we feel, he wraps us in a loving hug with nail-marked hands and joins us in our suffering. For he is the great physician who deals only in mercy for those who are brokenhearted. Amen. Amen. And friends, as I said, all of our scars look different. We all walk this earth with many things that have weighed us down, hurt us out of nowhere. Scars we're comfortable with showing to other people and others that we hide from sight because we feel that they devalue us. But as people of faith, Jesus steps into the pain and the wounds that we sustain, eventually become scars and provide witness to the resurrection power of Jesus Christ in our lives today. It is not the absence of scars that caused Thomas to believe, but the very presence of them. Too often we seek to hide our scars so that we can prove that we're worthy of salvation. And all God is asking of us is that we bear our scars because through our own weakness, we can provide witness to the power of what God can do in our lives. And so as we begin to move forward as a church in the coming weeks, many questions arise as to how we do that. 
And from my point of view, the best way that we can move forward collectively as a church is not by sweeping things under the rug and avoiding the pain that we've experienced. We don't move forward faithfully by pushing our emotions away and getting on as if nothing happened. That is what Jesus warns the uh, religious leaders to avoid. Instead, we will be okay if we move forward as people who know that one of the most true statements we can make about the world is that none of us get out of here without scars. Jesus knew it was true, and so he said, my highest desire of my people is that they be merciful towards themselves and to everyone in who they come in contact with. Just like Jesus, as people of faith, our scars provide witness to the resurrection power that God had, can do in our lives. In that circle in the gym, our students found out that God was with them in their pain because they could see how God was with each of the rest of the kids around the circle in their pain. And we too have seen God carry us through many dark moments in our lives that leave us with marks and when we hear the news of our pain, when others hear the news of our pain and sit in disbelief like Thomas, may the scars that we carry provide or show the power that God has in moving in our lives. The people who would have met me as a young person would say, I don't, do not believe you that Cole, the anxiety-riddled kid, is now at peace in his life. Absolutely I am, and absolutely that's who I was, but look, here's the scars I have to prove that I've moved forward and been transformed. You don't know her like I do. She, had, she wanted nothing to do with God. She wanted nothing to do with faith. I know, but look at the scars she carries and look at the stories she's telling now. I don't know how I'm gonna get through this tragedy. Well, I have the scars because I've been there before you. And so I know your wound is tender right now. Let me help you heal. This is what it means to be a church community. This is what it means to walk together as people of faith in this life. People who, who put God's desire for mercy above any other sacrifice for the sake of religion. So this morning, what wounds do you have that you've not addressed? What wounds do you keep avoiding in your life? And through prayer, might you be willing to bring them before Jesus, the great physician, and start to address that wound so that it can heal? Or maybe you have scars, but you hide them out of shame or embarrassment. And they're the very scars that Jesus, uh, that provide witness to Jesus' presence in your pain. And so could you look back with compassion and tenderness at that, that, that place in your life and can you find where Jesus was merciful to you all along the way? Or maybe you've healed and you have scars and you've seen how God has walked with you. Well now, friends, it's time to join Jesus in the good work of witnessing to the resurrection through the scars in which you carry. Because we will be okay if we know that a true statement you can make about the world is that we've all been wounded at some point and none of us get out of here without scars. But we will thrive as healthy people and as a healthy church if we believe that the great physician will help us heal and our scars will give witness to the resurrection power of Jesus Christ still at work today. Let's pray.
Father God, we come before you this morning and we're talking about pain points. We're talking about ways in which we've been hurt. And God, whenever we're dealing with that, we need your tender mercy. And so we invite your Holy Spirit this morning to join us, to minister to us, and to provide us the mercy with which you promise us. And Lord, in this quiet moment, there's many in this room who still carry wounds that haven't been healed. And so as they reach out through their voice to you, would you hear their prayers? And God, there's many of us in this room that know that we've sustained a wound and we've healed from it, but we still hide it out of shame. Would you help us for the first time today to experience your light that illuminates these so gently? And Lord, would you show us where you were all along the way? God, we need your strength. We need your strength because to show our scars in order to provide witness to the resurrection is still not easy. So would you give us that strength this morning as we seek to follow you and as we seek to walk together as people who hear your words that you are the great physician and what you require of your people is mercy. We love you and we thank you for your son, Jesus. And it's in his name we pray, amen.